0: Tasting Anarchy, your wine and liberty podcast. Join Mason and Jake each week as they try new wines and discover how much government is in your drink. All right, Mason, I am hot off the heels of another, uh, not Tasting Anarchy, another Wine for Normal People wine class. And so this week, uh, the wine that I decided to share with everybody is one of the best values I think that I've I've run across in a long time good um, it the class that I took was um, budget-friendly French wines mm-hmm. which was is a cool topic and, and I think a, a valuable topic to uh, a lot of our listeners as well because the way that she runs the classes is there I mean there are different levels of the class but this particular class was kind of of at a level that was good for anybody if they're just getting into wine, French wine is a really good place to do it, but it's also a very confusing place. Mm-hmm. You know, cuz
1: immensely confusing. What's that? I said immensely confusing.
0: Yeah, yeah, it can it can be really really confusing because most of the things are la- are labeled based on the region and then the regions are confusing and their sub appellations and uh, you don't know what the grapes are a lot of the time because they just don't put them on the bottle. It's just not their style. And um that kind of brings me to what I'm drinking tonight, which is unpronounceable <laughs> for Americans, uh, or at least for you and me. <laughs> uh,
1: I was going to say, yeah. uh, plenty of Americans. Domaine du Mistral Gringan les yeah. Adamar. Ademar.
0: Yeah, it's a 2017. I was blown away by how good this is. It's a Rhone, uh, southern southern part of Rhone. Mm-hmm. It. So it doesn't say what grapes are on it, but just from experience, I know that it's it's probably uh, Grenache and, or Grenache, uh, or how, however the correct way to say it is, mm-hmm. and uh, Syrah. Uh, it, uh, yeah, like I said, it doesn't say it on the bottle, but what made this a really good value is I got it for $7.50 at Total Wine, mm-hmm. and I think the normal price for it is like 10 bucks
1: yeah, I could get it here. It looks like in stock uh, for like nine bucks. And what was interesting is it seemed like the like this producer had several wines available at Total Wine.
0: Well, it's actually what's interesting about it, because I did a little bit of research on my own on this, is that this producer is, it, it, they do have several, but it's like, because of the, the structure of, of French wines is it's usually it's not, a producer, it's like the villages. So this is this is they call it uh, village villages. It's the vill- villages in in Rhone. So you've got like the Cote de Rhone, which is like the big Creme de la Creme or whatever, and then mm. you've got the Rhone village, village, and these are like the smaller smaller places. But they are not necessarily directly selling it. Sometimes there's like a middleman, and this is sort of the role that like in Bordeaux, the négociant plays is. Yeah and I'm sure other parts of France as well where they're like they're like the middlemen or or and sometimes they do stuff too sometimes they buy the juice and blend it or sometimes they buy the finished wine and blend it and mm. and do a whole lot of different things and that's what it seems like is going on here but again it is a, it is kind of a confusing thing because it is such a long tradition of the way that they do it and then there's all of these additional Weirdnesses, layers of bureaucracy, and all that sort of stuff. So it makes it confusing. But luckily for us, uh, we have Total Wine in our area, and Total Wine has has a large selection. It's not always the best stuff, but it, it, they do have a large selection, and they do have this in a lot of the locations. I was looking around, and uh, I'll go ahead and give my my tasting review. I'm. It's not. It's not like the most amazing, spectacular thing I've never. It's not like I've never had anything like it before, but for seven fifty. That it, it's just that good. I would, I would, I would gladly pay $25 for this bottle mm-hmm. and, and think it was still a good deal. So, uh, color, very, very deep red, uh, smell, fruit and vanilla, a little bit of maybe leather, leathery oakiness to it. Um, the taste, red fruit, spices, smooth tannins. Uh, it's got some, some like black licorice, cinnamony taste. Uh, that's, it's very subtle. Uh, or is it subtle or su- subtle? Subtle. I, subtle. What is subtle? Is that a word or is it? I I'm, don't
1: know if that's a word.
0: Okay, I think I'm making that up then. Uh, <laughs> and it's very kind of a medium full-bodied, um, nice long finish. It is just a really pleasant wine. And, you know, I don't drink a lot of Rhone wines. And one of the reasons is because good Rhone wines that are are common for us are very expensive. Mm-hmm. But budget-friendly Rhone wines are hit or miss because it's hard to tell so one of the things that Elizabeth in from Wine for Normal people explained to us is uh, in Rhone if you do Rhone Village usually those are going to be a little bit higher quality and you can find some really good deals and I'll tell you $7.50 for this is a fantastic deal yeah uh, cheapest one of the night she said you know she was saying I can't believe that you that you bought a $7.50 wine that's very risky and I was like well it is $10 normally but uh, if you buy eight bottles, you get fifteen percent off. Plus, if you're these various levels of total wine shopper, you get other discounts. And I had uh, a coupon, so <laughs> so I I got it for seven dollars and fifty cents instead of instead of ten dollars. So the, the mm. so the, the but at ten dollars, still I'm an amazing deal. I, if you guys, so because most people don't know. If you're going to like a barbecue or somebody's house and you want to bring something that is going to impress and um, just looks cool, it's a cool looking bottle it, it, and it's French. So people are going to be like, ooh, it's French and, you know, that kind of thing. So, but it's also just palate friendly, easy to drink. It's not like, Crazy fruity or anything like that. Like a lot of the, mm-hmm. the bottom shelf, uh, like Australian or American wines or whatever, it, it doesn't have a lot of that like cheap wine flavor. It is a quality wine. It tastes like a quality wine. If you brought this, people would think that you splurged on them. So yeah. I, I, I highly recommend it. I'll put it in the show notes because I really think that people should buy it and try it. If you if you do get a bottle of it and try it, uh, hit me up and I'll I'll go ahead and read your review on one of the episodes. And I'll also reply to you. You can you can reach out to me at tastinganarchy at gmail dot com or or right. on Twitter at tastinganarchy. Yeah. All right. So what are you drinking? Are you as excited about what you're drinking as I was with mine?
1: Well, <laughs> so I will give the caveat. It is Texas hot in Virginia, mm. um, so I don't know if you caught on any news thing that you follow, but like there's been a bit pretty big heat wave having come through, so like. Since like Wednesday of the week that just passed, because it's Sunday, it's been ninety nine or ninety eight wow.
0: every day, and and hum- um, and humid still. I I assume
1: the last two days not as much. Oh okay, but like today wasn't anywhere near as humid. Yesterday wasn't like like it wasn't great outside today, but there were times yesterday where it's like this stinks. But it's not what it was Friday. Right. It's not what it was Thursday. And you know, the boat cruise was Thursday. Oh, so, okay.
0: Yeah, that's miserable.
1: <laughs> it, it, we got on the
0: water and it was great. Okay. But um, but wait, know, I've still, been you know waiting on the dock and all that.
1: Yeah, it wasn't wasn't my favorite thing I've ever done. Yeah. So it's Texas hot. We had some plan to drink uh, varietals that no one really knew. Um, so I busted out uh a wine that i got in texas so i'm actually drinking texas wine and you're not which is really funny um so i've got tornalocks uh 2016 vermentino um it's the it's 12.8% uh, alcohol by volume do you know how much the abv is on yours
0: oh i, I didn't say i think it's i think it's 14.3 but let me look okay. real quick um now 14 even
1: yeah so, Vermentino is a, a, an Italian varietal, um, mm-hmm. and it looks like, according to the wiki I read real quick, like, there are two other varietals that people thought were standalone varietals, but also people thought were Vermentino, and turns out they're Vermentino, and, like, flavor, Flavortina Tina is like the name. And uh, there's a lot of, you know, like the Italian, like DOC wines have this in it. Yeah. So That's that's um, one
0: of the things that Italy struggles with a lot is that because each, you know, this is a, this is actually a big difference between Italy and France is that in France there's there's only a, a specific, even though it's the most, uh, I guess it has the most acreage under vine in the world that makes up, it's like 14% of all wine production or something like that is out of France. It's something crazy. And I, I, I'm making up numbers, but it's it's a mm-hmm. huge percentage of land is under vine, but it's it's isolated into very specific areas in France. Whereas in Italy, everywhere grows wine grapes, and some of it's good, some of it's not. So you you end up getting a lot of these kind of these like Vermentino is a good one. I think isn't isn't Vermentino also uh, uh, like it's like Favorita or something like that or F- favorita
1: yeah that's what I was trying to say oh yeah yeah so yeah. And yeah
0: so yeah, so if you go to these different places, you end up getting different names for the same grapes so it it's confusing, which is something I think that they're working on standardizing for the foreign market to try to make it easier for you know basically make it easier for Americans and and the Brits to figure out what it is that they're drinking
1: so uh France is not the top wine producer by weight
0: by not by weight I think it's by yeah. I think it's by acreage under a vine.
1: That might be true, but Italy produces four point seven million tons of wine Spain produces four point six and France produces four point two so unless huh. the okay unless france has a um like not a good
0: you know the French as yeah. we would
1: joke um they're just not very efficient but I can't imagine the Italians are more efficient
0: <laughs> right right the, there there is a i'm trying to remember what it is Bear with us because I, I want to look it up because there is there's I'm looking, yeah, yeah. there's a statistic and I always forget what it is. Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter. But the 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 point is that there's really now granted there's going to be village wines and and stuff like that everywhere mm. because you know people in Europe traditionally make their own wine a lot of the time and um but you you get very specific things so like <laughs> in France for example you have wine is grown in Loire Bordeaux um you know. Languedoc, uh Rhone Valley, uh Savoy, Jur- uh, Jura, Burgundy, um Alsace or Alsace or however you say it, um Beaujolais. You know, you've got these very mm-hmm. specific areas whereas when you look at like a map of where wine is produced in Italy, it's just everywhere.
1: Yeah, correct. And that's the that's kind of the thing about like France has a, you know, Italy has some very specific rules, mm-hmm. but Italy wasn't a country 120 years ago.
0: Yeah, that's right. We, you know, that's something people forget about both, both Italy and Germany are relatively new formations.
1: Yeah. And like, not all of the area that we consider France now was under France. Yeah. Everybody, Yeah, we know, (laughs) don't, don't freak out. We know, (laughs) but like, that's kind of the thing is like, you know, this, this concept that like, oh, it's suddenly that. So, but back to, back to the wine. Yeah. Um, So very pale golden. Um, It almost has like, it's not like the, some of the um, French, not French, but um, New Zealand Pinot Grigios that we had where like, it almost felt like there was some effervescence to it. Okay. But it's kind of got some there. Um, So very pale golden color. The smell, um, you know me, I'm not super great with smells. So, I kind of get a mango smell, but I also kind of get mango in the flavor. Hmm. But it's not overpowering, because I find mango to be a very overpowering flavor. Mm -hmm. Um, A little bit of grapefruit to it. Like, while I didn't think their customer service was really good, I think this is a really good bottle of wine. Oh, good. Like, now, one of the things that I've been dealing with recently with wine is I've been wanting to drink higher alcohol volume wine.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: But... You know, I this being twelve point eight, like I don't need to have a super super alcoholic wine. Yeah. But that's the one. My one complaint is it's not as alcoholic as I would want it to yeah. be. Um, but it's very refreshing, and like this is a good kind of outdoor in the Texas heat wine. Yeah. Um, I don't know how it would be warmer. You know, because mm-hmm. you know me, like I, I'll drink a lot of things at a temperature most people won't drink it at yeah um but this is one of those where like i really i really would try it and and normally like i like i'll just drink it because i'm lazy but this is definitely one of those where it's like you know i i like the the way this tastes Mm. um so to me you know thank you because you did purchase it for me since i was the wine van driver yeah um but definitely Definitely a good purchase. I, if, if you hadn't, if I, did you have some of?
0: No, I didn't get any of the white varietals yeah. for myself. But I, I might be going back down there next month, so mm-hmm. uh, I might stop by and and grab it back, grab another bottle. And then we. Well, can... if they have it
1: on, mm-hmm. what I would say is if they have it on a tasting, yeah, get it on a tasting before try okay. purchasing it. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, trying. I'm yeah, trying I mean... to
0: make some time to go and spend a little bit more time in hill country maybe go, mm-hmm. maybe go down there for a couple of days and camp and and then yeah just see what's going on
1: yeah and this is one of those things it's like it's a uh, Texas hill country wine so it's 100% hill country
0: um oh oh it, so this is not they didn't source their grapes in high plains
1: um i'm going to say tentatively no oh didn't. wow okay um so i think that's why i got this one Okay. I think I got this one cuz it was specifically, yeah, cuz the Appalachian is Texas High Plains. So,
0: oh, so it is High Plains grapes.
1: Yeah, I got the I got that
0: reversed. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. No, no, no. no. Yeah,
1: so cuz I think um, I
0: think they do have they do have some estate grapes there, but you had to be a th- like a club member or whatever that's to right, get those. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, so you know, it's one of those ones where I'm going to see if I can find any Virginia ones that grow it. Um, cause I, I think it's a really nice varietal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not on, you know, cause it, I, I read the notes again from the, the production. Like to me, it's got mango flavors, but grapefruit there. But like they say like, um, mango on the smell with pineapple. Mm-hmm. I'm not really getting that, but I kind of get it in the taste, but I'm not a huge mango one. So. Yeah. But, well, you know, one of those, definitely. one
0: of those things that like I learned from, uh, when i was doing the w set classes and well I, and i we, we you and i both kind of knew this ahead of, before that even though is that with new world wines you get a lot more tropical fruit notes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and with old world wines you end up getting a lot more like like green apple and like uh like lemon and kind of the the more acidic fruits so they're mm. so you don't get the real like gummy like not artificial, I don't, that's not the right word, but you don't get the tropical fruit flavors. You don't get pineapple and mango and that kind of thing really out of old world wine. So I'd be interested to maybe get a bottle of this next time you and I mm-hmm. are together and get a a bottle of a highly rated or, or recommend, or just somebody we know that, that knows Italian wines well, recommend a uh, Vermentino from somewhere in Italy. Yeah. And then maybe do a blind taste test and, and see if we can pick out which one's which. I think that would be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think we would be able to tell this one pretty easily. Okay. Because, and this isn't a knock necessarily on uh, Torna Locks, but one of the things about like Texas wine uh-huh. that I find is it it tastes less restrained.
0: Well, I you know that's a that's an interesting way to describe it because there is something about a lot of the Texas wines that that I've noticed and. Restrain yeah, not restrained is probably a good way to put it. Maybe young is another way, but not young in the sense that the wine is young, but young in the sense that like the production is young. Yes. And
1: that's that's what I think is there. Um now I have a tasting idea that is fun. Um so I for we're we're planning to do something with uh Peaceful Treason. Yeah. And so we were trying to find but it turns out to be a very difficult to find if you don't get it on the day of release uh, beer, since they're beer guys. Yeah. Um, I've got another idea for that, that we can talk off show about. Okay. Um, but, so what I did is um, I went down to Grape & Gourmet instead of going to Total Wine. Because Total Wine didn't have it, and uh, Grape & Gourmet don't list their, you know, they don't list anything online yeah. that I know of. So I actually got an Australian vignette while I was there. Oh, Cool. So I was like, okay, I'll get an Australian vignette, I'll get a Virginia vignette, and then like, I'll see if I can tell the difference.
0: Yeah, that'd be, that'd because be really like, neat.
1: I know that, you know, a lot of the non old world wines, like you say, have a lot of strong tropical fruits to them. But I was like, okay, let me see what Australian of this is like. And then, Plus, you know, it was Australian. It was mm-hmm. like twenty bucks, so it wasn't a huge. Yeah. App. Oh, now I'm broke.
0: <laughs> so. No, yeah, and, and you know, Grape and, Gour- Grap and Gourmet. Shout out, I guess, to them. Like, this an, it's a nice shop. It kind of brings us back to mm-hmm. when when we lived over in. Uh, well, actually, yeah, we both lived over there when we yeah. both when we both lived in. Um, what's what's that area area called?
1: Well, that area is the.
0: I guess oh, Pembroke is what the, I always no, called it. Yeah,
1: that. W- that's the Thalia area of Virginia okay. Beach, but we both lived in Pembroke, which is, you know, an area or two over realistically oh, okay. because of the because of the water back there. Oh, got so it. Yeah, like, okay. You know, in any other city, it would just be like, you know, nine different neighborhoods away, but like in Virginia Beach, it's like two because yeah. it's just it's just the way the the water is. But yeah, I you know, it's it's one of those. Uh, they they seemed like shell shocked when I was in there. Like their their inventory was very low, but it was also very hot. So I'm betting, oh, yeah. you know, I'm betting a lot of people had just purchased a lot of stuff. Yeah, you know, just kind of going like, it's going to be hot. I want some alcoholic drinks,
0: which is good for them. You know, yeah, like
1: I don't, I don't begrudge a place that it's clear they're doing good business and they're kind of out of products, and they're like, oh,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly, we're out. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah well, and that's, and, that's, and it's it's also sense. what they have like three locations or four locations in Virginia or in Virginia area. So they have one. I thought they had one over by where I used to live down uh, near, uh, by the Strawbridge area. I thought there was one in that, that new shopping center where the Target is. I,
1: I won't say you're wrong, um, but as far as I ever knew, they only had one location.
0: Okay. Well, maybe they're, maybe it's not Grape & Gourmet. Maybe it's something else, and I just, for some reason, in my head, always associated them. <laughs> maybe. Well, you know, speaking of torn actually to locks, I actually... Uh, I, finished off two bottles from them this week actually um, mm-hmm. both reds uh, one i did not care for but i'm i'm curious to know if maybe i don't care for this grape or because i think it's also the first time i had this grape and i have no idea i have no point of reference on it at all it mm-hmm. was uh, i'm going to i'm not going to pronounce this right but it's monte pulciano you want me, to, want me to spell that out M O N T E P U L C I A N O no idea <laughs> yeah so i think it's i think it's also a italian varietal um, uh-huh. it was again i have no point of reference for this it was it seemed like it was structured incorrectly it was so so jammy and hmm. and then once i had it open for a while like i started going like i could see this actually being interesting it's got this it's got this but this this like overwhelming jamminess to it is just it kills everything else and so so i don't know if it i don't know if it's like i don't know if it's the grape or if it's just maybe maybe it needs to be aged or something like that who knows
1: yeah so when you say jamminess
0: like open up like a bottle of like raspberry preserves and take a spoonful of that and that's jammy uh-huh. that's jamminess
1: okay so to me, that almost sounds good because like when I think jam and I know this isn't really, you know, because I know there's a difference between jam and jelly, mm-hmm. but I don't functionally know that difference.
0: Okay. All right.
1: So to me, like when you say jamminess, I'm almost thinking like Welch's grape jelly, which yeah, well, to yeah. me would be interesting. Not right. great, but interesting. So, but like when you say jammy and like a raspberry preserve almost, or, you know, kind of that, that flavor. Yeah. That so, sounds really fun to me.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you actually might you might like it. To me it it seems structurally wrong. Like it needed more acid. Um mm-hmm. it needed I it could, I think it I would have if if I was the winemaker and this is just kind of me thinking about it while I was like laying in bed and stuff going like how would I make this a better wine? Um I would have added like petit Verdot to kind of give a little bit of acidity and tannin to it. Because mm. I think it, if, if it was a little bit structured, a little bit differently, it would have been a really great wine for me. Okay. But it's a, from according to the site and according to some, some of the stuff I read online, this is actually a pretty high seller for them. Um, so, hmm. so it must be very popular. And also, this might be a grape varietal that is supposed to be that way, and I just am not familiar with it, and, uh, and it's just not for me. Just like, you know, there, there's, a, there's a lot of wines that you like that I'm not crazy about, and there's mm-hmm. a, I'm sure there's wines that I like a lot that you're not crazy about, and the,
1: the I think the one difference mm-hmm. is with there are very few wines that I don't like. Mm-hmm. What I usually don't like is spending money on something I don't get the I don't I know I'm not going to unlock. Okay, you know what I mean? Like where like you there are definitely wines you just don't care for. Because right. it's just it's not for you. But for me, a lot of the time, the issue is like I just know I'm not getting anything out of this. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like uh, Pinot Noir.
0: Okay. I don't yeah. drink
1: enough red to really unlock everything it offers. Yeah. And I know my taste buds are just not in depth enough. Yeah. So well, and the thing
0: like, with Pinot Noir too is uh, it, they refer to it as a ghost because because mm-hmm. with Pinot Noir a lot of times it. It has nothing to do with the Pinot Noir. Like the grape is very fickle. It's hard to grow. It's uh, tricky. It's it has it's it pouts. You know, if you look at it wrong, it withers and dies. You know, it's 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 such yeah. a difficult grape. But the reason that people like it, and the reason that winemakers in particular love making wine out of it, is it is so represent representative. Is that is that a word? Representative.
1: Representative.
0: Representative. Representative of place. So, whatever the place is, that's what the Pinot Noir tastes like. Yeah, it,
1: it represents the terroir.
0: Yeah, it is so extreme terroir driven. But I, like,
1: and and that's the thing is like, from what I understand, it's but it's on the mainly on the the land side of the terroir. Like yeah, you can you can ruin it by being you know with the wrong yeast if you right. did something wrong like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, now, it is.
0: It is. It's very fickle. You know, with Tornalox too. um, so I actually it was two bottles I finished this one mm-hmm. a lot cheaper and I actually highly recommend this I and I think it's f- for at least a New World uh, a very very now, good representation quick, of okay did did
1: you have the twenty seventeen varietal yes of the Monte that's correct yep Pulciano
0: <laughs> yeah however you say it yeah, Mon, yeah. Monte Pluciano. Monte mm-hmm. Monte I don't I, I I texted Jackson Blood about it and I was like what is this supposed to taste like and he was like uh – I don't really know uh, what does it taste like, and I was like, it. It seems like it's structured wrong. And he was like, yeah, it's, but you know, what? he's kind of negative on Texas when it comes mm-hmm. to wine. He's like, yeah, it's just too hot there. But uh, which you know, that's again his. He's really into Oregon right now. I, we, we're gonna have him. We gotta have him back on to talk about uh, Oregon and Washington because there's there's some cool stuff going on there. But anyways, yeah. the the other one that I had was uh, Sangiovese, which you know, I think you and I both have had a couple of Sangiovese. Mm-hmm. I think that this one was also. Uh, very, very fruit forward, but that's typical uh, of New World in general and very typical of Texas because it's hot here. So you, you're going to get a lot of that. You're going to get a lot of sugars. You're going to get high alcohol and you're going to get a lot of fruit forward flavor. But uh, I thought their Sanguinese was great. 26 bucks, mm-hmm. $26 a great a great deal for Texas wine, um, especially one that's, that's done as well as this. So Torna Locks is, is, is I, I think is a really great producer. I, I really enjoyed going down there. I know that um, you and some of the some of the other Childebergians complained a little bit about the service, but I think I had had enough to drink that I didn't care. And yeah. <laughs> also, and also, I'm a lot more forgiving on service than than you are. And yeah. um, so,
1: and that's the thing is like I don't mind necessarily bad service when it's clear that the person doing the service is trying their best, right? But they just seem like they were mad we were there.
0: Mm-hmm. Now.
1: Um, going back to the, I'm going to just call it the Monty. Okay. There's a lot of DOC and DOG uh, Italian varietals. Okay. Uh, or uh, wines that have that as like the primary grape.
0: I might I might try to get one of those and kind of compare it because I'm really, I'm really curious actually on it because obviously I finished the entire bottle so I didn't hate it and mm. um and lately I have been. A little bit more picky, and I have poured out a few bottles. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, if if you were around, I would have just given them to you because they were all white. <laughs> they were all whites, and Are they all <laughs> they interesting. were interesting. Yeah, it was a lot. Of, uh, I I bought like six French whites, and for one uh-huh. for one of the classes, um, and yeah, yeah. and just honestly, like the the only one I fit. Well, they weren't French actually. They were it was European because I took a, a European white uh, class with you know, wine for normal people, and honestly I liked them all as a single glass but mm-hmm. it took me so long to get to the second glass but that by the time I got to it I was just like yeah this wine's done um the only one that I finished quickly was the chacolina from uh bath uh, bath country in um in Spain mm-hmm. a- and that one was very very different it was it, it did have some fruitiness to it but it was like chalky and it had a lot of slate it was slightly carbonated which is interesting and uh, naturally carbonated. The process that they go through to make it's really neat. So if it, you know, that's another one I think is, is interesting. Is Chocolina? If, if anybody is interested in looking for it, um, you want to get to articles or you you want to talk about the wine a little bit longer?
1: Uh, let's get to articles because okay. now I'm trying like anticipation of one of your articles or your article. I was looking at other things. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, the
0: the second the second article I think I I picked specifically for you, but the first well, article I think
1: both of them are. Not for me necessarily, but like big techs.
0: Yeah. Well, so the, the, the first article is incredibly relevant to your wine. And it's called, mm-hmm. uh, Go Texan. Go Texan. That's, that's a brand or a, uh, a thing. Slogan. So, yeah. Uh, a slogan. So, quote, Go Texan, uh, selection added to the fun. And it's by, uh, Carissa Con, it's a Spanish last name, Conoyannis Con, Con, man, I, I I should take some like uh Ronodinas. Ro- yeah. I should take some like romance language pronunciation classes or something. Yeah. So
1: C O N D O I A N I S.
0: Yeah. This... Like
1: I would not have guessed Spanish,
0: but Oh, really? I would I I think it's Spanish, but um I could be totally wrong. <laughs> but uh anyways, so this is actually an interesting article and most of you probably so, r-
1: real quick when yeah. I Google that last name. Yeah. It's author at the State Fair of Texas. So oh well, like, all right. Like she comes up because cool. I was trying to figure out like who, what, what is this name? Yeah, <laughs> It's pretty funny.
0: Well, you know what's interesting? So I got this article. It's it's I actually I, I'm going old school. You probably can't hear it, but I'm. Oh, I can hear it. You can hear it. Okay, so it's yeah. a it's an actual article. We have we have like a circular that goes around here in our neighborhood because I live in the Victory Park neighborhood of Dallas. Mm -hmm. And, and there's like a little, a little newspaper that comes out every week that just sort of says what's going on. It's, it's, it's 90% advertisements for restaurants.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, you know,
0: but I like to go through it because i like to know what's going on in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And uh, I usually don't take it home. I usually just flip through it when I walk, when I walk the dog, I just stop, flip through it real quick to see if there's anything interesting in it. And then, Mm -hmm. and then fold it back up, put it back on the thing and walk the dog but this caught my eye because it has a very nice picture of 12 uh Texas wines and it it again says go texans selection added to the fund so to summarize the article the, the state fair of texas is coming up it's a it's a big deal here and it's a very big uh fair and it's it's pretty cool uh we went there with uh Nate last year mm-hmm. and we enjoyed the uh wine garden that they have which uh had a, and that was actually my very first introduction to texas wines you know i hadn't had any yet until nate uh-huh. until nate came i think we had lived here for 2 months when he came and visited or maybe 3 months and we went there and tried texas wines and i was like wow texas wines actually good yeah and that's kind of started a lot of our journey in you know visiting or looking at these texas wines on tasting anarchy so anyways the so state fair is coming up Uh, Last year, the state introduced the Blue Ribbon Wine Selection Program in conjunction with Go Texas or Go Texan and the Texas Wine Advocate. Um, So, Go Texan, for those of you who don't know, and I didn't know this until I looked it up, it's uh, part of the Department of Agriculture. It's a program they designed to promote Texas agricultural products. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, it is a government thing. uh, And this is one of the things they do, I guess, is try to promote Texas wines. I'd be I'd be curious to see the economics of this, but we'll we'll sort of we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll reserve we'll yes. we'll reserve that for uh, a future episode. Because now that I realize what this is, I kind of want to start looking into it a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so the Blue Ribbon Program is a competition between well, this year it was a competition between ninety four different wines from Texas that were submitted. Uh, they are judged by nine experts in a blind tasting, and twelve are selected as the winners. And then those twelve are going to be presented at uh, the State Fair of Texas as the winners, and you can you can either get them by the taste, by the glass, or at by the bottle, uh, and they'll all be there available for you to try at the Wine Garden. So last year we went there. The it was it was the fair was really neat, but it's not something that I needed to spend it, a huge amount of time at. Mm-hmm. so have have you ever been to a state fair
1: uh no but i mean i've been to a fair i know what it is yeah yeah like it, it, there's n- nothing about like i mean the texas one is obviously near and dear to my heart because of uh big Tex, right from <laughs> king of the hill having watched king of the hill one too many times but like also like i imagine the texas one is very hey we're texas
0: it is. It's very much You know much what I
1: mean? That. Like in, in – kind of in that like we're almost our own country.
0: Yeah, and they are – and you know what's funny is that um, the California State Fair is very similar to that. Mm-hmm. It's very, very California – well, at least it was when I was a kid. Super California-centric. Everything is – and it should be. I mean it's – it. you know, if you're going to spend – and I'm sure it's taxpayer-funded to some degree. If you're going to spend a bunch of money – on something like that, you you do want to you want to you know be basically promoting your constituents, and mm-hmm. you know people are into being from wherever they're from, and uh, you know and that's and and so I that, that makes sense. It, it, it is it's one thing that I think is very I wouldn't say it's very different, but it, it is there is a different feel about a a western state than the east coast states. Mm-hmm. The the western states are very. Like almost nationalistic in the state. Like how many people do you know that are really, really into being from Virginia? I knew a lot of people who are really into being from the South there, but not really specifically Virginia.
1: Well, the the big problem is we also live in an area of Virginia that is highly transient. That's true. So there's not a lot of like it's rare to meet somebody like me where it's like I'm born and raised.
0: Yeah yeah that's true sure. and I guess that's true And but also the other thing too is even when you and I were young in like high school a lot of people were transient but the people who lived there a long time a lot of them like didn't actually live in Virginia they lived like almost in North Carolina so they were much more interested in Carolina at least to me because you know I went to First Colonial which uh, isn't Near the border, but because I went to one of the magnet programs, a lot of the people f- that were district for Kellum were actually at mm-hmm. first were at First Colonial, yeah. And the people who were district for Kellum were really into like the mudding lifestyle, you know, like being <laughs> being from Carolina, being from that area, OBX, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I didn't really though get a sense that anybody was that interested in Texas as much or in Virginia as much as they were interested in being from the south or being from that specific portion of Virginia, that kind of tidewater area. Mm -hmm. Uh, So whereas when I lived in California, being from California is a big deal. And then a little bit more specifically, being from northern California was a big deal for my family at least. And then here in Texas, it's very Texas-centric. So there is a little bit of a different feel. Um, I don't remember like the State Fair of Virginia being that big of a deal, if there is one. There is. Is there is it's, is, is it's it a big actually, deal?
1: Yeah, it's I okay. mean, but it's in Richmond.
0: Okay, maybe so, that's like, why. Maybe maybe because I've I lived you know I lived near Sacramento and there was a big fair there, and I lived hmm. and I lived now in Dallas and the state fair is here.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, like, you live in the you lived in the thirteenth most populous state. First, you lived in the most populous state. Then you lived in the thirteenth most populous state, and then you lived in the second most populous state. Yeah. So like. And, you know, Dallas isn't big, Dallas doesn't have a big military population where you live doesn't have a big military population. So like, I think Virginia also has like, like kind of the hangover of the civil war and the reconstruction era, you know, kind of that browbeatenness where like Texas was just like, we're Texas, like we fought off the Mexicans and California (laughs) was like, we weren't a state. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I guess that, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. I well, at least yeah. that's always the feel I've gotten about Virginia. It's like, yeah, you can't—you are not allowed to have pride in being from Virginia.
0: Yeah, well, it, well, it, it wasn't only Virginia though. It was like people that I knew from the East Coast. Just it, it's a very different feeling. Uh, it's mm-hmm. like, like uh, almost like what we talked about at the beginning of the article. It, it is almost like a nationalism for Western states. So, yeah, like,
1: all, like also, like, look how big California and Texas are. That's true. Like Virginia, like. You know, when you live where I live in Virginia, like, North Carolina is another state. Yeah. It is a distinctly different place, but it's half an hour away at the most, and we're on the border. Yeah. You know, like, and that's kind of the thing, is like, when you're you're in Dallas, you're not really getting to another state. Maybe Oklahoma, like, if you went north.
0: Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma is like an hour, hour 15 away. So, is that, is yeah. that it? I, yeah, I it's it was,
1: it's pretty close, yeah. Yeah, but like, you know, you're not going to – going like, oh, we're Sooners and like, yeah. we're going back. You know, like
0: – Yeah, I mean like – It's I, deep in Texas yeah, country. I mean just to kind of give listeners an idea is I when I went down to plant with Altamarfa, it was nine, a nine-hour drive and I wasn't even close to New Mexico yet. Yeah, but now, I mean, Grant, you're
1: pretty close to Mexico.
0: Uh, yeah, that's right. I was very close to Mexico, but and I but I was still probably another two hours until I could get to New Mexico. I was probably mm. I was maybe an hour and a half or something away from Mexico, but yeah. um, so it, it is. It's now granted I I did go like kind of a weird like it's a weird way to go because it's like you know you have that kind of like long piece of Texas that sort of comes off and that's kind of where mm. where Marfa is. So yeah. but like even so, like if you, if I go east and try to get to Louisiana, that's a really long drive. Like Oklahoma's pretty close, but. There's not, a lot yeah. of, there's not a lot of commuters from Oklahoma, whereas in Virginia Beach, there's commuters from North Carolina, and people yeah. people live in the Outer Banks. Like, my old boss, when I worked at the uh, bookstore, he lived in Outer Banks.
1: Yeah, so, and that's the thing, is, like, here, like, you get a lot of people who are, you know, the Outer Banks is the better beach, and people, like, travel out of this area yeah. a well, lot, and, you know, a lot of people, like, you know, that's kind of the thing, like, you and my wife are both from California, mm-hmm. and, like for a long time I thought it's like these people never shut the fuck up about <laughs> California like yeah and you know like they like and this is one of those I think the culture presents it that way and you know I was, I was listening to a podcast um that kind of partially inspired the the wine aspect of this podcast yeah um like I was like oh man like I Jacob's into getting into wine like maybe like drinking a bottle of wine can be our thing for an, a, a podcast mm-hmm. so like But they were talking about the great San Francisco earthquake and how like gangs basically drove the movie industry out of New York City. And it was in San Francisco. And then the big quake happened. Yeah. And that's what drove them down to L.A. But like I think that's kind of the big thing about like, you know, Texas is always kind of its own independent thing. It's kind of like Texas is like Spain. Yeah. Where it's like we're holding off the, you know, the Muslims whereas you know texas is kind of like we're holding off the mexicans <laughs> and like california is like no 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 we're we're you know the kind of like the french it's like no 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 we're tech we're california like yeah we we're, do. we're our own thing you know yeah. like, we do our own thing yeah so that's kind of the way like i've always seen it it's like in virginia like you know if you live in virginia you could be from maryland like, right if you live in california you're not somebody from oregon
0: that's, yeah, that's true, and, and you know it is. It's it's a very a very big state, and I think that plays a lot into it. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap up this article real quick. Yeah. I got I got I want to read the the twelve uh, winners real quick, and mm-hmm. then and then we'll move on to the last article because or the second article, which is the last article, because I think that it, it's also particularly interesting for you. It's so, something we don't ever shut up about. <laughs> that's true. We don't. Uh, so in this one, um, so the twelve winners are Bending Branch Winery, uh, Texas Tanat, which is a red. Uh, Mm -hmm. C.L. Butaud, B-U-T-A-U-D, Rosé. It's a rosé, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, Casaro Winery and Vineyard, Avant Rosé. Obviously, again, a rosé. Farmhouse Vineyard, West Texas Sweet. It's a sweet white wine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hawk, H-A-A-K, Hawk Vineyards and Winery, uh and the wine is called Amo, Amo Recito Sweet Red. So sweet red. Uh so that's a that's pretty easy to remember. <laughs> uh yeah. th- we've got um also same winery. Um mm-hmm. they've got they also won semi-dry Blanc de Bois, a white. So yeah. good good on them. They won two. Uh yeah. key keeper soul K I E PERSOL. Kippersol. Kippersol. Okay. Uh there's this called Flight. It's a rosé. It's a canned wine. Oh, really? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I might try that cuz especially if it's available locally, I'm going I might try that cuz a canned wine, that sounds really interesting. Okay. Uh then there's uh McPherson Cellars um which I actually really like McPherson Cellars. There's, they have a lot of very good wines. And they mm-hmm. and they've been around for a really long time too. I think they've been around in Texas since like this. At least the founder has was uh, making wine in Texas in the seventies. So for Texas, that's really old. Um, so, anyways, so uh, McPherson seller.
1: seventy six.
0: Okay, all right, yeah. I I knew because I know Doc like quote Doc McPherson and he is a doctor. I think he's a PhD in engineering or something like that. Um, or chemistry maybe chemistry professor. Oh, chemistry. Okay, yeah. So Texas Tech. Yeah. Because he, he and – there's this really good book that I've been reading about Texas wines. And mm-hmm. he and this other guy, uh, I think he actually also started Yano. But I it might be a different one. But um, anyways, I, I'll come back to that. Anyways, McPherson Cellars, just remember I like them. They, they do a lot of really good stuff. Uh, and they're also widely available in Texas. So um, they have a and, Ver, Verde Verde. It's a white.
1: Yeah, and then so like in one of those uh, – that. Wine pack that I, my parents got me. Yeah, there's a Verde Verde. It wasn't McPherson. Okay, but like I'm, I was trying to figure out more about that because I was like, wait a minute.
0: Yeah. Okay. What does Verde mean? Because I know, it's you know green. Oh, green. Okay. Because like Mesa mm-hmm. Verde is like, I guess that would be green table. Hmm. Okay, that makes sense. All right. Uh, Messina Hoff, which is also a very large producer. Here in Texas, I've, I've done some reviews of their stuff. They they have good things. They also have some stuff I'm not crazy about, but um, their Sang uh, they that one, one of them, uh, Perdonalis, which you and I have both had, their Tempranillo, um, yeah. very 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 good Tempranillo in my opinion. Uh, the one that actually I sent you I think is pretty good. The one that I, uh, well, the one that Mark, Claire, and I shared, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that one I thought was much better. So next time we can get that reserve. Mm-hmm. Next time you're out here, I'd like you to try that as well and just tell me what you think. Because we, yeah. we both have a lot more experience at Tempranillo now. And I'm kind of yes. curious to see what I think about it now versus what I thought about it then.
1: Exactly. And then, so real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so McPherson's founded um, by Bob Reed, founder of Elano Estacado. Okay. And then
0: the Verde Verde. Mm-hmm.
1: That's a 12, bo- $12 bottle of wine.
0: I'll pick that up.
1: 12- 12 99
0: Yeah, I'd pick that up and, and try it and give a review that's pretty awesome yeah. and it's probably available at total wine they've got a lot of uh mm-hmm. mcpherson stuff available there uh anyways the messina hoff uh segment is red the peridinalis one is a gsm uh it's gsm Melange, Melengue, maybe um mm-hmm. also a red so gsm I, I did a mini episode i believe on gsm um, yes so you can check that out uh then there's uh The last one, I guess, is uh, Spirit of Texas Winery, and it's called Welcome. It's a white.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Oh, no, there's one more. Uh, Texas High Plains and White Fox Vineyards, Texas Red. It's a red. Uh, And so those are the winners. Check those out if you get a chance, and um, I hope you enjoy them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and maybe you know what? Actually, if you're going to the State Fair of Texas, and you let me know that you're going to State Fair of Texas, I'll meet you at the Wine Garden. Yeah, and we'll have I mean, we'll share some. It's not
1: totally that far from you.
0: No, it's like it's like a ten minute drive. Yeah. <laughs> it's very close. Uh, <laughs> so that is that for that article. You want to get into the last article, or you want to yes. do something else?
1: No, let's get into okay. That
0: one. All right, so this one I, I picked specifically because I thought you'd be a little bit excited about it. It is it is a press release, so it is strictly a factual article. It, it, doesn't, mm-hmm. really, it doesn't really have any sort of commentary or anything in it. Uh, the article title is Georgian Wine Exports to the U.S. Surge 88% During the First Half of 2019. Yeah. So I know that you'd be excited about that. So uh, to summarize the article, Georgian wines continue to grow in popularity in the U.S., Over the past three years, exports to the U.S. have grown 54% on average each year. Uh, There are three market variables that Julie Peterson of Mark Wine Group, which I believe is a U.S. importer, um, says is responsible for the increase in popularity and the increase in imports. Uh, So wine professionals have discovered Georgian indigenous varietals. Uh, These are very unique and offer a strong Sense of or a strong quote sense of place unquote, uh, which means they express express terroir and very well I guess mm-hmm. well yeah they they do express terroir because they are indigenous grapes and there is a particular style that goes into Georgians so uh, then U uh, S has also grown had a growing interest in low intervention wines and Georgia has been doing it the same way for eight thousand years. And that's basically just a traditional method. It doesn't, it doesn't use a lot of pesticides. It doesn't use a lot of uh, additives or temperature control or anything like that. So they don't – yeah. um, now, granted, they are growing. They are using some more modern techniques now. But mm-hmm. uh, for the yeah, most I mean, part, like, it's low intervention.
1: Yeah, low intervention. And the thing with Georgia is like for what they grow there – like, it's perfect.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, and actually, you know, the varietals are very good. I've, ha- I've had several, and maybe mm-hmm. maybe you and I should start doing, like, a little series or something and see what's available <laughs> and, and do, like, because, well, well, I'll get to that part in a second. But mm-hmm. um, also growing interest in amber wines, um, mm-hmm. which are also known as orange wines. Correct. Um, those are white varietals that are fermented on the skin. Mm-hmm. So those, it gives it a, a kind of a different... Texture, different style. It's not very common with uh Western European or American or New World styles of white wine. Um so people are kind of becoming a little bit more interested in that. They've been doing it this way in Georgia, like like I said, for eight thousand years, so they know how to do it, and because people are more interested in it, they want more of it.
1: Mm-hmm. now hmm Now George, I think, uh-huh. does a a white on the skins. Oh
0: really? Okay, that's
1: interesting. Yeah, they have an orange muscat. Hmm, I would try that but I, I, yeah. but I don't know if that's the varietal unique if if orange muscat is the varietal like an actual that or if it's like muscat which I know is a varietal specifically done on the in the orange style. Mm.
0: I don't know. Uh I but I would try it. I mean I I I'm interested to try an orange wine cuz it, it is supposed to be Different now they very are very unique. Yeah, they're moving. They're, yeah, they're yeah. moving away from calling it orange because people have been thinking that orange wine means it tastes like orange, and it, <sighs> and I guess it can probably. It probably does. It, you know, depending on where it's grown and how it's done, um, I'm sure it could taste like oranges. But uh, they've been trying to go over to like amber because mm. amber doesn't doesn't. Infer some sort of flavor that's not there necessarily. Yeah, it's, it's not orange. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So, anyways, so Georgia has uh, 525 recorded grape varietals, possibly more uh, that are just not genetically tested or anything like that. Uh, and 45 are in current commercial production. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I think that this would be interesting if, you know, I, I haven't actually been able to get more than like four or five varietals uh, here. And I think I've actually probably reviewed on the show more Georgian varietals than you have. But you have a much more, like a much stronger interest in Georgian varietals, I think, than I I do. do. And because I shop at the Russian store a lot, I have access to a lot of these. And also Armenian, um, which is in the very same, you know, it's touching Georgia. So Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of that region, I do have access to those because the Russian store stocks them. Uh, But... I think you know, for the most part, like I just don't really. It's not anything special to me, but I think that it's it's especially special to you. And I wouldn't mind doing like a series on it if you and I could start like locating the same ones. The other thing that's that's really interesting about Georgian wines, and maybe listeners will be interested in this, is that a lot of times they're really really good value, even though like they're not my favorite thing because a lot of them are usually semi sweet or sweet.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, at least
0: the ones that are available at the Russian store. Um, one yeah, thing.
1: He, well, oh, know, ahead. Ahead. well, we'll go in. We'll go into it in a
0: minute. Okay. Well, they're like ten bucks. They're they're really cheap. Mm. So, and a lot of, and then like, there's a couple that like I have a hard time buying because they're called like Uncle Joe, and they have like Stalin as the, as like the person on the logo, and I'm like, eh, that that really turns me off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So, anyways, say what you were
1: gonna say. Uh, that exactly that. So, okay. um, Georgian wine was the the wine of choice for, um, like the, the Soviets kind of yeah. in the, the Stalin era, namely because, you know, he was, um, he was Georgian, but like, that was kind of the idea is they had a lot of Georg, like Georgian wines were kind of the known wines. They weren't the most, like, they weren't the most prestigious, like. Because they they did have some kind of, you know, people did look down on Georgia, even though Stalin was from Georgia. Yeah. Uh, Just kind of how it is. But like, they have, you know, so to me, it's not surprising that the most of the varietals that you can get a hold of are the sweets, Mm because it's more seen as a dessert wine later on. Yeah. And, you know, kind of the finishing wine, whereas like, a lot of the white, like the whites, a lot of the ones that total wine seems to stock most often are the white varietals. Yeah, that are uh, like dry and semi-dry, so not a lot of desertness to them.
0: Right. Okay. Uh, well, you know, we we've done a couple of episodes of it, and I, and I didn't actually. I should have probably looked up and, and been able to give people show number numbers, but maybe I can put them in the show notes. Um, you know, this is going to be. I think I think it's going to be episode eighty nine. So mm-hmm. we do have I think at least three episodes where I did review Georgians. So you can go back and look at those. Um, and, you know, it, it is interesting. It's it's definitely something to try. How many... Have you had more than one or two Georgians? Or are you just interested had, in it for the history?
1: I've had two. Okay. Um, Neither of which... They, they both were amazing in flavor. Okay. And very unique whites. Mm-hmm. But they were, like, very viscous and gave me terrible heartburn.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. And I don't
1: know if it was a... It was just that time, or what? Yeah, but like, they messed me up kind of bad, and I was like, "Okay, no." Well, <laughs> I think yes. I think with this increase,
0: like, this increase in availability because more are being imported, mm-hmm. we might have a really good opportunity to kind of, sort of run the gambit. At least when you and I are together, um, there there are some really good wine importers in DC, and I'm mm-hmm. and I think that I'm going to end up being in DC this fall. So uh-huh. if maybe we can get a hold of a couple of those, and if I come down to Virginia Beach, which if I'm in DC, I might as well, because yeah. uh, it's only like four hours or three and a half, I think. And
1: to um, you know the traffic, and
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think I'll I think I'll try to plan it out because yeah. if I'm going to be out there, I, I kind of want to come down. But uh, if I can get a couple of a couple of bottles of that in DC, because I think there is a Georgian importer there. There are three. Are there, are there three or Georgian importers? Well, there's
1: at least one George. There's, I think, there's two. Okay, um, but the problem is like because there's the Georgian Wine House in DC. Okay, um, and then there's an, an importer in the DC area, and I think there's a second importer in the DC area. But the problem is like the first importer doesn't sell. Oh, it's like, sell okay. two. Like you have to go to the Alexandria Total Wine. Got it. Or like a wine shop, which isn't bad. No, I know. but. You know, like when you're, you know, wine shops don't always have the greatest hours. Like Total Wine has great hours, yeah, but like, you know, Grape and Gourmet doesn't have like Total Wine's hours because they just can't. They don't. They don't have that volume, right? Um, and like Yanni's Wine Shop, like they're a restaurant too, so they have better hours, but like they also don't get all that exotic,
0: right? Right. Yeah. So I think I think if I if we get out there, if you don't make it up to DC. We're going to do some sort of themed tasting between the two of us, and it'll be a little bit easier for us to do a couple of different bottles because it'll be you, me, and your wife will probably have a couple of, of drinks, and then I can leave them there with you, which, yeah. which and, is and helpful.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, if you're for sure going to come out, I'm going to get a w- couple of wine, actual wine savers. Okay. Um, especially if we're going to get, like, Georgian varietals because, like, I still have the McPherson Vignette, um that you got me. If I can get a, one of the really good... Um, Williamsburg Winery Vignettes. okay, and if I could get the Australian Vignette. okay, and then if we could get a French Vignette and that'd then be just pretty do cool, yeah, like a Vignette onslaught,
0: yeah, that <laughs> would actually random. that'd be a lot of fun. Actually, that would be you know if maybe we can save that. This is all brainstorming on air. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, Nate's favorite varietal. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we could do like a Vignette onslaught with him when if he if he ends up moving back to DC, which he's or that area, Northern Virginia. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can all get together and kind of do just a vienier extravaganza, and then and make it a big like make it a big deal, and then also get Howie Snowden to come.
1: Well, and that's what I was <laughs> going to say is what I think would be really cool, and you know this would be up to Howie. Um, yeah, but because Howie's not like if you could come down, we could do you know whatever. But like if we could get a Virginia Vignette, mm-hmm. if I had the Texas McPherson Vignette, and then go to Howie, yeah. And then record an episode with Howie, but like here's a Virginia vignette where you live, yeah. And here's a Texas one, yeah. yeah. You know, kind of that combination.
0: That would be that would be really cool. Yeah, let's let's, yeah, let's try that. to let's try to plan for that because I'm I'm, yeah. I'm probably going to go to the underground wine event for for um wine for normal people, which is in DC mm-hmm. this year. So I'm going to try to plan it out so that I'll go to that, but I'm going to try to be in the area for about a week. Yeah. Especially since you know I can I can I can work from I can work remotely for a week. And that's a, and that's, and that's the
1: thing is like if you if you come to Virginia
0: mm-hmm.
1: like no one's home at my house for like 8 hours a day. Yeah. So like you may not want to spend the night necessarily. Yeah. But like we have obviously a solid internet connection. I can clear the desk off. Where I record, so you'd have a full desktop setup available. You know what I mean? Like you'd yeah. have, of availability of like an actual place to work. Right. You may just want to like snag a cheap hotel or you know camp out somewhere. You know something yeah. like that yeah. kind of thing.
0: All right. Well, we'll we'll, we'll plan that some yeah. more because uh, I think now we're kind of exhausting listeners. You want to do plugs real quick before we close out?
1: Yes. So speaking of Howie Snowden, Howie Snowden is ah. One of the Lions of Liberty. So we've had Mark Claire on the show. Um, they don't know it. Well, Mark knows it, sort of, but we plan to bombard, kidnap, and uh, harass them at Childerberg Dose, That's Dose right. Bandana, um which is going to be uh, wrapping to the end of the LNC next year in late May uh, 23rd through the 26th. That's right yeah so uh but it will be in austin it'll be 20 minutes from austin now if we don't manage to somehow get scott horton to be able to do at least something with us or at least with our friends friends against government podcast um since he was not able to make childerberg uh one then uh we have seriously failed but yeah we plan to uh be out there bothering people at childerberg but you can always follow us on tasting anarchy on twitter um we're also available via email, TastingAnarchy at gmail.com, um, TastingAnarchy.com itself. Though you know, really just post the episodes there and some light Childerberg stuff. Now, there is a special edition Childerberg Dose Investigate Childerberg shirt that is available. That is our primary funding method for Childerberg. Mm-hmm. So if you're so inclined to purchase a shirt or, you know, you want to just look snag, snaggy, snaggy, uh, Snazzy? Yeah, snazzy, snazzy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you want Jacob the Nice Face. And then, as um, those fags pointed out, uh, some random bird and some <laughs> Starman glasses. Yeah. You know, uh, you can always pick up one of those shirts. They are pretty fantastic. They are nice white, black design with a black rim on the collar. And there is a uh, very baby size to full adult. That's so, right. Then, uh, so. We put on Childerberg, which is a annual event in Texas, uh, Liberty event. That's the Pork Fest of the South, or at least Pork Fest, Pork Fest of yeah. Texas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. the Texas Pork Fest. Um, I don't care what they say because we don't believe in trademark, so or copyright. Yeah, you believe in trademark. I, I do. I do. Um, <laughs> we, we gotta get we gotta get into that one <laughs> yeah. day. Uh, yeah, we have gotten to a little bit on the show, but yeah, yeah neither here nor there on our current uh, variety of show. But yeah, so. You know, we uh, are taking that the pork fest of the south, but you know that's where we get together with like-minded liberty people, like peaceful treason, uh, friends against government, anarchy garage,
0: Dino, um,
1: Dino files, Rolo Mr. and Slappy, Mister Sue, um, Mister Sue. I mean, dang, uh, how I forgot Mister Sue. I don't know. Yeah, no, sorry. I mean there's a bunch. Uh, there, there. there uh,
0: uh, yeah. Eric from. Um, uh, Rebel with a Cause.
1: Rebel with a Cause. Then there's um, Crowdfunded Government. I don't think he has a show yet. No, he, he's, he's he's just he, – yeah. He's definitely on Twitter. Did, did I tell um,
0: you that he came down for our Liberty meetup?
1: No, but the Friends Against Government did oh, and yeah, we were talking about how cool you are. <laughs> <and>
0: like, <laughs> yeah. That. Like
1: how – and so, folks, this, this is just a quick aside. So one of the fun things about the Friends Against Government podcast is – they were—Bird, burkist was talking about, like, how he's just going to go around trying to make trouble at uh, Childerberg dose And, like, his plan was basically to have, like, a squad of people that would protect him. <laughs> and one of the people that he was planning to have protect him was you, Jacob. I know. Which is funny because, like, you know, you're 6'5", you're 6'6", six, 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 you know, somewhere in that range. Yeah. But you're, like— the
0: least violent person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'm very I'm very uh non-aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: You're you not aggressive. So like not that we wouldn't, de- you know, step in and help burden yeah. if something was really going wrong, but like, you know, it's kind of one of those things that's like, yeah, that's not the person you want to be banking. No, no, on. yeah. yeah you think, you want um, you want
0: to get some one some of you want some of the other libertarians to protect you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So
1: like uh Maddie K. Yeah. Um, yep, speaking of which. Um That's right. He's know,
0: got he's got a podcast too. Um Yeah. What's his podcast called? It's um oh my goodness, don't ask me. <laughs>
1: There's Somebody to remember
0: these. I know, guys. I know. And it's they're all it's, good. it's they're him, like, him it's him and like uh him and is it Mikey three names? It's or Mikey uh, something two names. Like that. Yeah, it's yeah. um dang, I can't remember. I'll, yeah. I'll put it in the show notes if I if I can if I remember. Exactly. Yeah, Actually, I, mean, I, I can look be, it up. <laughs> yeah,
1: but like so um but you know, Jacob's like 66 six, and 65 you know he, he's just a massive dude but like the the aside there on this aside of a side is the fact that in Jacob's mind everyone is his size yeah but Jacob has so infrequently met people actually his size i don't understand why that would be his natural assumption I, you know like, i don't know i i always assume most guys are taller than i am not maybe not necessarily like bigger in any like a dimension other than height. Yeah, that's just what I always assume.
0: <laughs> well, I, I think it's probably because like when I'm actually talking to somebody or getting to know them or something, I'm sitting down. So when we're mm. when we're sitting down, we are the same size.
1: Yeah, because you you have a a long torso. Yeah. So like when you and like you'll kind of sit in anything, right? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And I, and yeah. I'm also, I'm a leaner, so like I'll lean on something. And so yeah. like it just, for whatever reason in my mind, just everybody is roughly the same size.
1: And then you stand up and
0: you're like, oh, that's right. Well, or like, yeah. or just seeing pictures of me. Like I, I, yeah. I forget how much bigger I am than like everybody else in my family until like I see a picture and I'm just like, my head is massive. Like- oh yeah. And <laughs>
1: like, and here, the funny thing is like, Nate isn't as tall as you. Right. But Nate is a physically, right, not intimidating person, but he's a presence. Yeah,
0: yeah. He's very broad. And
1: I, and I have a very big head. And yeah. I don't have, like, and I'm, my shoulders are actually kind of wide. And I have very big hands. Yeah. So, like, I'm not anywhere near as tall as you. But, like, I'm not. Like a space dominating, unless it's voice volume because right. like I'm very loud. So, like, <laughs> you know, like we we for a while we we're we did this triumvirate of like noise machines, right? Right. Big headed guys because he <laughs> has a big head too. Yeah. So like, yeah. All right. Well, you know. uh, on but that yeah, so, on that
0: big headed note, that's a great, a great place for us to stop. But why don't exactly. people check just just to remind everybody uh, if you do a review of us on, um, you know, whatever podcatcher you use and send mm-hmm. me a screenshot of it and your address i'll with send it posted that's right not just not pre posting yeah yeah it's got to be posted and i've and you know i've verified these i go look them up uh i've sent out most of the koozies i have but i've got a couple left so if you send it to me Exclusive
1: Childeberg one cozy
0: that's right cozies yeah childerberg one cozies there's not going to be very much left um, after after i guess we send out all these and then also i gave The Friends Against Government, a certain number of them to give out for people to do reviews on their show as well. So they're going fast. So if you want one. Exactly. Do a review of this show. Give us a good rating. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And mm-hmm. um, and email that wrong, to me, and I will get you a QZ. Cous- stay free, down everybody. Door. All right, everybody.
2: Drinking stay free. Drink Oh, give me some of that slaw. Oh, pass that bottle to me If you want to get along in Peterstown Buy some wine and pass it around age runs up to 49 All them cats, they love sweet wine Drinking wines for you to drink wine Wines for you to drink wine wine. Wines for you to drink wine Pass that bottle to me Hoy, wine, wine. wine. wine, wine Elderberry, wine, wine, wine. Cherry, cherry, wine, wine, wine. Blackberry, wine, wine, wine. Horton Sherry, wine, wine,
0: wine. Oh,
2: pass that, that bottle is, to me. <laughs> now, down on Guilford, Willie's den, He wasn't selling, but American gin. One soldier wanted a bottle of wine. He hipped that cat for a dollar and a dime. I drink wine for the ooty, drink wine. Mop, mop. Wine for the ooty, drink wine. Mop, the, mop. Wine for you to drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Now I got a nickel, have you got a dime? Let's get together and get some wine. Somebody's fifth and somebody's fourth. When you get together, you're doing things smart. drinking wine for you to drink wine. Wine for you to drink wine. Wine for you to drink wine. Pass that bottle to me.